This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get for your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll notice these Democrats don't slow down for anyone on the other side, do they? They don't even feel the need, it seems, to even try to ask Republicans, hey, are there some things you guys could agree would be a good idea for the country? Nope. You, what you have here is a Biden administration that is giving you policies that you would have gotten from the more openly left wing candidates in the last presidential election. Uh, but with the front man of Joe Biden, George, hey, here I am. I'm not I'm not scary. You know, hey, no joke. I'm Joe Biden. I'm, you know, you can trust me. Yeah, sure. The whole thing's a fraud. The whole thing's. A joke, except it's not funny. Not a single area where they can find just open common ground with Republicans. No, their approach is after a very narrow election to just bust out the steamroller and squash the other side as fast as you can and do so in a way that you hope will make sure that there is no political opposition worthy of the name going forward. There's also not going to be any political opposition unless we get a handle on the social media sites and the the kind of censorship they engage in. As you know, the left wants to continue to remove any voices online that they don't agree with, particularly anybody like me who challenges the Fauciite consensus. Twitter and Facebook said they were open platforms. That's a lie. They're tracking you, they're selling your data, and they're taking action against your beliefs. That's why you need to do what I do and use ExpressVPN. When you use ExpressVPN on your devices, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. And ExpressVPN couldn't be easier to set up. You just tap one button on your phone or computer and you're protected. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from hackers and internet bad guys. It's finally time to say no to censorship and take back your online privacy at expressvpn.com buck. By visiting my special link, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash buck, expressvpn.com slash buck to protect your data today. These Democrats don't miss a beat. They're just going for it right away. Today, you got Biden's executive orders on gun control. And and this is one of these moments where they're they're moving the goalposts. Right, you know, right before our very eyes, they're not even they're not even pretending like that's not what's happening. They they point to two shootings recently and, and then they're saying, well, because of that, we have to take all these different executive actions. And you sit there and say, well, hold on a second. Would would these executive actions really uh, save any lives? And also, if it's so obvious, if it's so clear, why not just do this through the legislative arm of the government? Ah, because there are Democrats who don't want to be held to account for what they do in the United States Senate in particular. There are Democrats who don't want to upset their constituencies in the House of Representatives because there are still some places where you can pretend to be pro-Second Amendment and a Democrat. Now, you're never really, even if you are personally as a politician, because the Democrat Party fundamentally does not believe in guns. And I have to tell you, this is a year that we've gone through That should be a big reminder to everybody about what government tyranny can really look like. This should be a reminder that the government can decide you don't have rights 
And in this case, we all sat around and, and because we were so scared and everyone believed the Fauci warnings and all the media panic, we obeyed overwhelmingly. And the force of government was used because it was supposed to be temporary. We'll see how temporary it is to tell everyone to stay home. And because of our virtual society and the fact that we are an incredibly, uh, incredibly wealthy country with with lots of abundance, our biggest problem for a lot of the remote working class, not the people that actually had to show up and do their jobs, was staying home, gaining weight as they ordered in food or they spent more time cooking and watching a lot of our endless entertainment options on screens, you would not have been able to do this 15 years ago. Wouldn't have had the bandwidth, the actual Internet bandwidth to do this. Wouldn't have had a, a population that was as compliant. But now the, the mechanisms for control of all of us from these little screens that are dominated by leftist authoritarians, all the social media platforms, the news organizations. You know, there are a few pockets here and there of opposition like this show. And what are they trying to do? Shut those down, too. But if you were ever wondering, would a government go tyrannical? Uh, I think we've already seen that answer. And I also believe that at some level, there's always this in the back in the back of the minds of people who own firearms, legal, legally owned firearms by American citizens who believe in the Constitution, they, they recognize that the Second Amendment exists as a check on absolute tyranny for the government. That's why it's there. It's actually not there for hunting. It's not there because somebody might want to go do some sporting clays on the weekend. And yet the Democrats despise this. They, they have bought into this idea that if only we punish the law-abiding gun owner more, There'll be there'll be less violence. I'm sorry. This is this goes to a much deeper philosophy of the authoritarian left. This goes to their desire to make sure they could also institute total control over your life and there'd be nothing to stop them. Do you really think they don't want to do that? Look at all the plans. Look at all the just constant meddling and and all the different ways that they want to tell you what to do with everything. I mean, this is. This is deeply rooted in the soul of progressives, of Democrats, of leftists, that their ideas should be filtered through this government mechanism of, of force, by the way, and you have to do it. And I believe that COVID uh, lockdowns have been a very powerful reminder of just how quickly they're willing to forget all about individual liberty and how they're willing to use the force of the state to make you do things that are truly moronic and counterproductive and all under the guise of saving lives. That's what they'll say. Remember this, friends. Very rarely in history do the people that have done really terrible things think they're the bad guys. You know, just like the lockdowners have convinced themselves we're saving lives when they're not. People who do awful things, who violate the rights of individuals, who violate natural law, uh, they do so because of a collectivist belief in things going better for the masses. That's what they really that's what they really adhere to. So now we have this with with gun control. The Biden administration's put out these uh, these these six planned executive orders, including on ghost guns. Oh, you got to You got to have that one in there. How many of you had ever heard of or even seen in any capacity a ghost gun before now? I, I know this audience got a lot of people who own firearms. 
How many of you are like, yeah, ghost guns, that's a thing that we should all be thinking about. It's where it's where these kits allow you to create some parts of a firearm. But remember, there's there's the the actual receiver, which is a tightly controlled item and serialized. You know, there are there are parts that actually constitute a firearm under the federal firearm under federal firearms law. And that hasn't changed. But they, they say if we get rid of ghost guns, everything will be better somehow as if this is going to stop things. Remember when that when the moral panic of the moment was on was on bump stocks. Oh, my gosh. Bump stocks this is because of the horrible shooting that we've still never found out the motive for. By the way, we still have no idea what the motive is for the awful shooting that happened in Las Vegas. But then it was let's ban bump stocks. And even people that own guns were saying bump stocks. And everyone was going on YouTube or going online to try to find out what the heck this thing is. And you had memorably USA Today put its modification for AR-15s of the chainsaw bayonet. We must stop the chainsaw bayonets. This is the madness of the gun grabbers. It just moves from one thing to another, but it's always in this cycle of what we've already talked about before. It's like they have a menu and they go down the menu and they keep ordering these things and they won't actually get it through the legislature. They want to do it through the executive branch. Now, that's the idea, because that makes accountability more difficult, like the little tyrants. They are they, they prefer to have the, the ability to do things when it's their turn in power, but not actually have a direct line of accountability to the people that are supposed to make laws. So, oh, they're going after stabilizing braces which they say can make a pistol seem more like a rifle. So let, let's understand this. Let's break down something like this for a second. A vast majority of homicides in this country, which went up a lot last year, by the way, because of BLM and the undermining of police. We all know that, right? Uh, worst murder record in this country, in major cities in particular, since 1995, folks, okay? We're talking about over 20 years here. The worst murder rate in America in over 20 years. And we understand where it comes from. Now they want to disarm law abiding folks or they want to make things more difficult for you. Remember, these laws, they, they all come with penalties. And eventually it gets to a place where somebody gets caught up in one of these stupid regulations and they want to make an example of them. And they do a deterrence prosecution, they call it. And so someone who you know, has a, a, a 15 round magazine instead of 10 or has a 10 round magazine instead of seven or whatever it is is charged criminally as though they're a bad person. And Democrats go, sorry, to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. That's what's going to happen. This is not going to make anyone safer. This is not going to protect anybody. But you know what it does do? It makes Democrats feel like they're doing something. They feel like they're taking worthwhile action here. And that's the most important thing. How does it make them feel? What's the real world result of all of this? What ends up being the truth of this situation. Oh, that that's that's irrelevant, because the most important thing of all is that Democrats get to tell their friends we're stopping gun violence. Notice the way they play all these word games too: gun safety, gun safety or things like always keep uh, always treat all guns as though they're loaded. Keep your finger off the trigger until you've made the affirmative decision to shoot. Know your target, know what's in front of it, know what's behind it. Right. I mean, that's gun safety. Gun safety is not we're going to have federal new federal regulations that'll create some m m really minute but annoying 
changes to firearms laws as, as though that's going to address that over 90 percent of, of firearms used in homicides in the United States uh, were our handguns, for example. But no, let's go after let's go after assault rifles because, oh, there's there's a couple of mass shooting incidents. Let's go after assault rifles right away. Turns out the rifle used in Boulder, Colorado is, is actually a modified pistol, but it looks like a rifle. It's that guy could have done exactly what he did if he had gone in there just with a just with a pistol or two pistols. Nidal Hassan, you remember the Ford Hood shooter, he did all of that horrible carnage with two handguns. The Virginia Tech shooter essentially used two semi-automatic handguns, did not have a rifle. And yet we're told that if we get rid of assault rifles, which we are not even going to be able to do, there are millions and millions of AR-15s in existence, tens of millions, I think, now in civilian hands in this country, is the estimate. That's going to make us safer how? Notice they don't win the argument, they don't persuade, they don't convince the Democrat approach to governance is we got in power saying one thing now too bad. Do what we tell you, even though it's not what we were saying we we're going to do beforehand, even though we led you to believe that Joe Biden would respect your second amendment. Joe Biden says stuff like that on the campaign. Oh, I respect your second amendment. No, he doesn't. Lies, lies, not lies about little things, not lies about who's the best or the smartest or the handsomest. No. That's the stuff they went after Trump for all the time. They lie about the fundamentals of governance and your rights as an American. That's what they lie about. What I said was I would try to work with my friends on the other side. There are things we're working on together, some of which we pass and some we will pass. But the last plan I laid out what was available, what I was suggesting and how I deal with it. And a bipartisan group came to see me. And then the Republican group came to see me and they started off at six hundred billion dollars. And that was it. If they come forward with a plan that did the bulk of it, it was a billion, three or four, two or three. That allowed me to have pieces of all that was in there. I would have I would have been prepared to compromise. But they didn't. They didn't move an inch, not an inch. But, for example, I am dealing with a bipartisan group that came to see me. Now it's about, what, three, four weeks ago when they came about computer chips and about and they said, look, we we have to have our own supply. We have to work together. I'm, we're working on that. Chuck Schumer and and I think McConnell are about to introduce a bill along those lines. So I'm prepared to work. I really am. But to automatically say that the only thing is infrastructure is a highway, a bridge or whatever. That's just not rational. It really isn't. This guy's so dishonest, it's amazing. But he's been doing this for like 50 years, so he's had a lot of practice at being full of bullcrap. Notice he says, oh, they came to me and it was only $600 billion. And I was like, all right, well, you know, basically they got to double that. And if you're not doubling that, you know, we're, we're not, we got nothing to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's just take him, let's just take him at his word on this for a second. Some Republicans in Congress come forward and say, yeah, you know, maybe there actually is about 600 billion with a B that we could spend on actual infrastructure and we could go along with this. We think it'd be good. And his response is, no, no, you got to double that. What for? For all the things, of course, that have nothing to do with infrastructure. This is how they keep playing the game. They did this with covid relief, too. 
Republicans, do not ever forget this. Republicans in the majority in the last year of the Trump presidency passed five, that's right, five COVID relief bills. And Democrats went along with some of them. And then at the end, when they got close to the election, they said, nope. Why? Because they like to use the cover of something that makes at least some sense for getting all the other stuff they want. And then they present it as though, oh, Republicans won't meet us. Oh, yeah, they won't meet us halfway. Halfway? No, they're just actually wanting to do things that are within the discussion. Democrats want to pull all this other stuff out there, which is why yesterday Kirsten Gillibrand got so roasted, rightfully so, for child care is infrastructure. Wearing a hat to a party is infrastructure. Eating a grapefruit in the morning with some honey drizzled over it is infrastructure. No, people did not believe that. They thought that was pretty silly, didn't they? We, we all know what the word infrastructure means. But here's Joe Biden's going to try to explain it. You know, I mean, you gotta, who doesn't, I mean, you got you to gotta build, you know, you got to give a bunch of money to Democrat unions. I mean, that's infra- it's infrastructure. It's infrastructure. Sure it is, buddy. It's the same game they play all the time. Same thing with Obama, even the same rhetorical tricks, because as I've told you, this is basically the Obama administration all over again. That's what we are going through right now. And Obama's talking to Biden regularly. We will find out at some point in the future that Obama and Biden talk pretty much every day. Now, think about this. How many real decisions is good old Amtrak Joe making on any given day? Not really that many. I mean, he does what his handlers tell him to do. He signs what they tell him to sign. So if Obama's weighing in every day and saying, you know, hey, Joe, you know, this is what you got to do. Uh, think of the influence that his decision making would have on this administration. And yet we're to believe that Joe Biden's the guy who can unite us. Remember this rhetorical trick from the Obama years, because you're going to see it endlessly for the next four years or the next couple of years until it becomes President Harris. But the the truth here, and that's because, of course, Joe Biden, I believe I still believe Joe Biden will step down for health reasons, either real or or imagined. I mean, when you're that age, your health reason can be you're just too tired all the time. Uh, but Obama used to do this thing of creating a strong. He used to create straw men all the time. And then he, he would create a straw man of the Republicans where if only they would be reasonable, he'll be reasonable, but they're unreasonable. Then you look at what both sides are asking for and the position the Democrats take is, here's what I want. You won't do it. You're unreasonable. Here's my list of full demands. I mean, they act like terrorists when they're in control of the government. Here's the list of demands. You do this or we're just you know we're going to storm the building anyway. Oh, Okay, I, I guess that's reaching across to the other side. They're doing this on on infrastructure. They're doing this. They did this with the uh, with the covid relief bill, too. Right. That's why they, they just larded all this other stuff into it that had nothing to do with covid relief. They're doing this with gun control. They're doing this on immigration. There's there's no negotiation involves making concessions. It, it involves what do you want? What do they want? And you try to find some space in the middle that's acceptable. The way Democrats negotiate, and they're able to do this, one, because they're loons, but two, because they have the mainstream media, the corporate media, we don't say mainstream media anymore, corporate media in their pocket, uh, is that they just say, here's what I want. You won't do it. You're unreasonable. They negotiate like 
five-year-olds throwing a tantrum and banging and kicking at the floor and screaming. That's how Democrats negotiate. But then when they don't get their way from Republicans, they just say, well, screw this negotiation. Then the steamroller comes out. Oh, we tried to work with them. We, we tried to meet them in the middle. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. So just don't ever forget it. Uh, There's so many, so many fundamental lies that this Biden administration is built on. I don't mean that he's told a fib here or there. Fundamental lies about their approach, their philosophy, and their policy on guns, on infrastructure, on you name it. Every day now, the situation on the border keeps getting worse. Not surprising. Really should have been expected, I think, by anybody paying attention. But you're going to see even greater mendacity here or mendaciousness. You're going to see even bigger lies coming from Democrats about what's what's going on, what their goals are here. And they they can't run away from this one. It's going to be a liability for them unless they can spin this somehow. And the oh, it's Trump's fault thing is just not going. It's just not going to fly. I mean, it, it's obviously not Trump's fault that the Biden administration has caused an absolute deluge of illegal immigration crossing into the United States. It's clearly not the Trump administration's fault, but you're, you're going to see a lot of desperation on this topic from people in charge because they realize this this is something that Trump got elected on largely in 2016. The American people are not well represented at all by the corporate media opinions on immigration, on illegal immigration, uh, and certainly not in line with the Democrat Party overall on this, meaning a majority of the American people. So we've got to just continue to speak the truth here. Uh, and it's tougher these days than it has been in a long time because of all the censorship that you deal with on social media. And, you know, if you try to share your political opinions, you know that having a civil conversation is hard. I mean, people jump all over you and they attack you. Well, that's why I want you to check out caucusroom.com. This is a social media network exclusively for conservatives. Caucus Room is an online community for conservatives to gather and engage locally. Only real people who are verified conservatives can become Caucus Room members, but Caucus Room will never share your information with anyone ever. The sign-up process ensures you're communicating with real conservatives in your neighborhood, no bots or trolls. It's a great way to get engaged on issues where you can make the biggest difference locally. At Caucus Room, you can participate in live virtual meetings that are so secure the platform played host to over a dozen virtual Republican Party conventions this year. Also share news, jokes and find ways to get involved with causes near you without the fear of Silicon Valley overlords stopping you. Caucus Room is made by conservatives for conservatives to get organized and make a difference. Join the Buck Sexton listeners group on caucusroom.com. That's C-A-U-C-U-S-R-O-O-M.com to interact with other listeners just like you. That's Caucus Room, C-A-U-C-U-S, caucusroom.com, and join that Buck Sexton listeners group today. The loss of so many lives comes to the fact that one year ago, the president of the United States called it a hoax, refused to accept the science, and refused to engage in any governance uh, that would help prevent the spread of it. Even his own advisors now are saying at least half the people who have died might not have died if there was other. So for them to start blaming it on whoever's coming across the border and asking for a classified briefing is really more subterfuge uh, than science. Oh, yeah, listen to... That's it, Pelosi. See, I have, I have science. 
I I read the books, the science books, Nancy. Yeah, she's so grotesque in the lies here. And it's it's appalling that she says stuff like this, that the Trump Trump did nothing to stop the virus. That's what she just said. Didn't do anything to stop it. Really? They they went into lockdown. Let's let's not forget, friends. And I actually I got a problem with this. I didn't like when Trump did this. There's a reason why when I had an hour alone with the president last May in the Oval, I said, sir, no more lockdowns. And to his credit, he said, I agree with you. No more lockdowns. And he tried to fight against them after that. But in the beginning, Trump went along with this. The unprecedented steps, the Fauciite consensus of masks, lockdowns, all that stuff. Trump was like, look, these are my experts. Everyone's panicked. I I guess this is the move, right? He did what they told him to do. He pushed for what was demanded by them. And now the Democrats are completely rewriting history, completely rewriting history. And, And forgetting about the fact that they're somehow they're hero Fauci. This is his only this is his only job. You had one job, Fauci, and he screwed the whole thing up. But you had one job. Trump had a lot of jobs. He's the president of the United States. Fauci's one job is to know how to handle a pandemic. He comes into office. Trump comes into office. He's supposed to deal with everything and be able to count on advisors. Fauci says he basically mocked the idea. He mocked it of wearing masks in public at the start of the pandemic. Oh, but but he's such a man of science, right? Well, we'll get into the the lockdown religion in a little bit. But Pelosi, you can tell she's agitated here. And a little desperate because she's she's transitioning from crisis at the border, covid spreading like wildfire among those held in these facilities. No social distancing in these facilities, of course, incredibly. And that's that's an understatement. I mean, incredibly cramped conditions, you know, facilities meant for a couple of hundred people have a couple thousand. It's out of control. It's because of Biden and the Democrats that this is happening because they change the incentives in the minds of people south of our border and from all over the world about what will happen if they come into the country. And what is she saying? Notice it goes from border to COVID to Trump. They got to bring it back to Trump right away as if they're still running against him, as if we're still in this campaign where the lies they used to win this election are all that really matters. The problem they have right now is that our southern border is overrun. Our southern border has a crisis that is getting worse with the passing weeks. The numbers are becoming irrefutable, even for the most dedicated Democrat hack in the media. So what do they say? Oh, it is Trump's fault. Pathetic, isn't it? Remember when the Trump economy was so strong? Remember what they said for about 18 months into Trump's presidency? It's the Obama economy. Right? They, they just play this game all the time. They hate responsibility for their crappy decisions. They'll do anything to avoid the responsibility and the, the consequences of making bad choices in, in, in power. Oh, my. And then we have... Uh, Another thing that's interesting to folks who are paying attention to this, like me, when is Kamala Harris actually going to go down to the border? She's the border czar. She's got she got a, a plane paid for by the taxpayer. She can use anytime she wants. She could she could make a phone call and be at the border in two hours from 
Oh, well, I guess three three hours. I was thinking about California, but she's coming from D.C. She could be at the border in three hours on any given day. No problem. Right. She's the vice president. I mean, come on. How much, how much security they really need to do to get the vice president of the border? Give me a break. And she hasn't done it yet. You say, why is that? How can you be the border czar? I mean, I'm going to. Here's the thing. I may get to the border before Kamala. Right. I may actually beat her to our southern border, which is pretty funny considering I do not have the resources of the vice president, not not by a long shot. I'm basically be taking a Greyhound bus to get down there. Uh, but here you go. Here's here's Jen Psaki when she's asked about this, like, hey, don't you think the border czar should go down there? I mean, aren't there? There's a number of reasons so she can see what's happening for for herself, get the ground truth, speak to people down there, connect to them directly. The, the same reason why presidents, vice presidents, etc., go anywhere right it's like why why would the president ever go to say afghanistan or iraq and speak with the troops it's so you have a better understanding of what's happening it's very clear why people do this kamala feels no no urgency well apparently not play 11 Given what's happening at the border, why hasn't the president, why hasn't the vice president visited yet? Visited the border? I don't have any trips to outline or preview. What our focus is on is solutions and ensuring we have more beds, we're making the processing more efficient and effective, and that we are uh, addressing this in a humane way that keeps these kids as safe as we possibly can. Visited the border? Wait, what do you mean like the border? Like how, like the, like, uh, like, uh, the border? Yes. Yes, Madame Saki. That is what we are all talking about here. Yeah, it's about solutions. Right. What solutions have they come up with? Notice what she says. Enough beds. This is the fundamental issue. And I have I've written about this at BuckSexton.com today. I've really focused in on the incentive. So please go to BuckSexton.com. I've got an I wrote it. All right. I actually write my own editorials. Uh, go, go to BuckSexton.com. And, and you'll see, I'll, I'll make the case to you there, but they, the incentives show you what's really going on. More beds, that just means people will be more comfortable when they keep crossing into the country illegally. They have to stop the illegal crossing from happening. That's the problem. They have to discourage people from coming here, right? They can't, they can't keep what they have going on right now is it's like they have a bake sale and they're giving out cookies to anybody who walks by, courtesy of the American taxpayer, of course. They got a bake sale. They're giving out cookies to anybody. And and they keep saying, oh, gosh, hey, guys, I'm just giving out free cookies. But may, maybe I don't know. Maybe you should you know watch your weight and stop taking my cookies. But oh, there's another batch nice and warm out of the oven. We're giving out cookies. But hey, hey, don't eat too many cookies. Guess what's happening? More and more people are showing up and chomping down on the cookies, so to speak. You've got to stop handing out treats. The treats here are status in the United States, entry in the United States, let let free into the American interior to never show up again for a hearing. They are skipping the immigration line entirely. That's what's happening. Okay, this is why the cartels are making so much money on this. This is why there are so many people who are showing up. The word is out. We all know what Trump did was change the incentive structure so that they wouldn't get the benefit of illegal crossing anymore. Democrats refuse to do that because they think it looks mean. And because also, ultimately, they're playing a double game here. 
They're like, oh, no, we got a crisis at the border, but we actually want all these illegal immigrants to come into the country. Oh, no, no, it's a crisis because the facilities are overwhelmed while we're processing people. So we just need to actually process them more quickly. We don't want and this is what I'm trying to trying to explain. We don't want the same things when we talk about the border. We don't want border security on both meaning Republicans and Democrats. They don't want border security. They want to have an orderly, well-processed, efficient. They want an efficient open border. That's what they're trying to achieve. One that doesn't have these visuals of overcrowded facilities and people spreading COVID and all the rest of it. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi, of course, she's just the most disgraceful and shameless fraud imaginable. Right. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is, first of all, she's she's another person too old for the job. Go do something else, Nancy. This is absurd. Right. They spend so much time trying to make it make sure everyone doesn't realize, you know, Nancy's like 80 years old now. All right. It's, it's time. It's time to go do something else. You know, spend. And I mean this. I mean this in a kind way. Spend time with the grandkids. Spend time with the family. We, we don't need Nancy Pelosi doing this anymore. There's Republicans and Democrats who it's time to give this up, folks. There's something about the there's something about these these political boomers that they never want to say enough is enough. They never want to let their their hands off the levers of power. It's a little creepy. It's a little weird. It's true in media and it's true in politics. The people in media, are, oh, you know, I mean, you had. Uh, you know, Larry King, you know, rest in peace, Larry, Larry King. This is a guy who was still lobbying for his own show at CNN as of a few years, as of a couple of years ago. It's like, dude, you had your run enough. And the same thing with Nancy Pelosi. And the same thing with so many people who want to want to talk about determining the future. And they really don't have much of a stake in the future. They should think about other things now. Think about their relationship with God and their family. But we, we're in this bizarro world where I mean, you're, you're going to start getting to the point where you have very powerful elected officials who are in their 90s. We're in their 90s. We've been doing this for you know, 40, 50 years. And everyone's going to say, uh, <laughs> is this? But as long as they understand the mechanisms of power and they give the Democrat status what they want, you know, it sort of continues on. But. If you really want to know how much the Democrats are in favor of illegal immigration, I could just point you to what just happened here in New York State, where there is now a the, the state legislature has has passed giving fifteen thousand six hundred dollars to illegal immigrants in New York. That's right. They're going to get a check. For fifteen thousand six hundred dollars, that's the maximum, but that's what most of them will end up getting. Essentially, the state is going to give them what the federal government gave them or gave to people um, for pandemic relief. So now the state's going to say, "Okay, well, we're actually going to pay illegal immigrants to be here now. That's right. I have to pay taxes to the state or the state will come after me with force. Now they're deciding that the state of New York is deciding that's substantial money. How, how many of you if you got a, if you got told that you're about to get a check for 15 grand would say, wow, really? That's great. It'd be a really good day. Hey, it'd be a good day for me. 15 grand is a lot of money. Um, and this is now what's happening at a time when businesses are shuttered, in many cases forever. Um, people are behind on their mortgages, behind on their rent, deep into debt, credit card debt, have been struggling and struggling to pay their bills, have been living with this madness of lockdowns. And sure enough... 
Democrats, at least in New York, are focused on making sure that tax tax dollars go to illegal immigrants in direct payment form, including illegal immigrants with recent criminal convictions. Mm hmm. That is the country you are living in now. That uh, that should that should get a whole lot more attention. But I have a feeling the the corporate media is going to try to downplay this one a little bit. Oh, no, it's not that many people. Or that's a few hundred thousand people in New York that are qualifying for this. And it's billions of dollars. That's right. Billions of dollars going to go to these payments for people who are here in violation of federal law. So just remember that as you're trying to figure out your taxes. The government pretends to know what you owe, but won't tell you what you owe. And if you get it wrong, they punish you. Uh, Remember that federal law doesn't really apply to illegal immigrants because they're so important for the power structure of the Democrat Party. Peter, the assembly is uh, looking at testing the issue, and I don't want to get ahead of them. Uh, but I was not involved in uh, in the testing program to that intimate that intimate level. Uh, people who I would meet with, uh, and I would be in exposure with, I was aware they were being tested. So if you came to see me in my office, uh, you would be tested. Uh, and that applied with my family also. But the assembly's doing a review on that, and uh, I would let them do it. Notice how he just slipped in at the end there. Governor Cuomo just slipped in at the end. You know, yeah, my family was included in that. See what they do here. It, it's, it's the creation of plausible de- deniability. Here's what really happened. The governor created some pretext for people in his family and around him and that he wanted to, like his brother, Chris Cuomo at CNN, to get... Uh, testing at a time when everybody was really freaked out about COVID. It was really hard to get testing. He played favorites, of course. You, you, you Wait, l- let's think about the alternative. You think that this guy, this thuggish moron, Cuomo, only there because daddy was governor before him, you, you think that, that he would shy away from using his power to help the people that are closest to him? You, you think that he would shy away from ordering... Remember, this is at the time this was thought of as as a life and death issue, possibly. So you think this guy's going to play it straight or you think that he's going to make sure that whoever he wants to get a test gets a test, even if it means people that should have been focused on testing for everybody else, focused on pandemic policy for everyone else in New York State, had a public official distracted for a few hours on a critical day of the uh, early fight against this pandemic right yeah this guy uh, i still believe i have i have a bet going with my friend joe borelli who's on the new york city council for staten island uh if if i'm right he's got to take me to the best italian restaurant in staten island if he's right i gotta take him the best steakhouse in manhattan i think that cuomo is gonna stay i don't think this guy is gonna get ousted from his job period and uh, i'm very confident in that bet um, so now now I'm on. The, I was on the record before telling you, I think that he would stand this. But what a turnabout it's been. Think about where we are now from where we were a year ago. Cuomo giving his press conferences, getting his Emmy, getting his seven figure book deal and all this stuff. The guy's a fraud. He's doing a he was doing a horrible job every day. He was talking ventilators. We need more ventilators. Where are all the ventilators? I need a million ventilators. It turns out you actually don't because putting people on ventilators for covid is a really bad idea. It is an absolute last resort. And in fact, 
I'm wondering when they're going to be more honest about this. I've spoken to I've spoken to some doctors who know about this. Some doctors were so scared, so so COVID panicked, and and nurses too that they think that they may have put them on ventilators far too quickly, just because they didn't really want to deal with the sick patient as much. That has been talked about, which needs to be looked at as well. So. Cuomo is a disaster, though. Forget Mars. We need to search for intelligent life in Major League Baseball commissioner's office. Uh, I've never seen anything like this. You know, uh, Commissioner Manfred has a fiduciary responsibility to Major League Baseball. His job is to do the very best that he can not to suck. And he has failed that. I, I mean, think what he's done. Major League Baseball is is losing popularity to uh, football and other sports. His job is to grow it. So what's the first thing he does? He decides to get involved in national politics and to alienate hundreds of millions of Americans uh, who actually like the Georgia bill and think that it is an honest effort for for uh, uh, election security. I understand the mentality of these woke ultra elites because they're all around me here in Manhattan and New York City. I, I can tell you the people this this is important for for everyone out there because you look at this and everything that Senator Kennedy says, there, I think, is is true. He's, he's saying that you know, Major League Baseball has been losing viewership and Major League Baseball is in trouble. And shouldn't you just be running a business? This always comes up. We say, well, why get involved in this stuff? It's just it's just is risk. You have to remember that if you're the Major League Baseball commissioner, you're, you're making millions, perhaps even tens of millions of dollars. I know the NFL commissioner, for example, makes something like 30 million dollars a year for a job that, you know, think about. You, you could find 10,000 people that could do that job, right? It's not hard. Um, you could find a lot of people within the NFL who would very gladly, I'm sure, take that job and be very competent at it. So you're in a very lucky position. But these these legacy institutions are now overtaken by people who are egomaniacs, and they all they have to do is prevent the entire iceberg from melting, right? And And they will be very rich, and they'll be fine. So they can screw things up a lot and it doesn't really have any negative effect on them. And yeah, they may lose their job at some point. They may be ousted at some point. But like I've told you, all they have to do is keep the board happy. And if they keep the board happy, then they're good. And so it really is like a social club at the top. This is true of of public companies, for example. It's a social club at the top. And yeah, maybe the company's not being run that well, but the board members are all getting their, their payments. You know, they it's a great, great job. You get every quarter a, a big check for these companies. And maybe you do like a virtual meeting once a quarter and that's it. And you get paid all this money. And this is one of the ways I should note that connected Democrat politicians and co- people who are part of the elite liberal esta- elite lib establishment. They're not liberal at all. You know, that's all a big lie. And it's very frustrating to me. We, we haven't done a good enough job on the right. Uh, conservatives haven't done a good enough job molding the language of our political discussions. I mean, the fact that we have gone now so many decades calling the leftist authoritarian collectivists 
And any of those words alone, I think, are good. Authoritarians, collectivists, leftists. The fact that we've gone this many decades improperly referring to the left as liberals and also not their color, as I've said to you before. Remember, it all came down to corporate media decisions back when they were covering elections in the 70s. They're the Reds. But somehow Democrats who are authoritarian collectivists are blue and are liberal. That is absolutely there. They have no interest in liberty and their color should be red because they're Marxists. Because they are. We all see it. Now, there are different kinds of Marxists. There are different degrees of people that believe in Marxist philosophy. They're really identity politics Marxists now. Instead of obsession with class struggle, they're obsessed with race struggle. But you still see this, uh, the, these connections. And we speak about them in ways that I think makes we, we, the language we use to talk about these things makes it all much more difficult. And I know that's a bit of a, of a digression, but I think it's so important. You know, we somehow even for a lot of people just saying the right, the right has this has this connotation for uh, for corporate media. The right has this connotation where, ooh, you know, you say, well, hold on a second. That just means right of center. Why is that? Um, and, you know, conservatives, I'm not even sure that's a great term for us. I know we'd say, oh, it's because we're trying to conserve the Constitution and, and the, the truths, the, the universal and timeless truths of our society. But for being honest, we're not doing a very good job of conserving a whole lot these days. You know, I, I wish we would. You know, how would I describe conservatism now? It's realism. It's seeing things for what they are. It's understanding what history has been and trying to make the best decisions based upon a set of agreed upon principles. The end. Now, this idea that we're, we're conserving so much. I know that that's the, the goal, but oh, really? I feel like we're conserving these days. We can't, can't even conserve gender separation now as a matter, as a matter of, of how it's applied in law. But we're told, oh, yeah, we're doing, we're doing a great job. And I, I get frustrated with it sometimes. I'll be honest with you. I get frustrated with it. Uh, but anyway, back to Major League Baseball and what goes on with these companies, these corporations. Uh, the people that are making these decisions, they're making them a lot of times with their own immediate interests in mind. You know, think about it. You're you're the commissioner of Major League Baseball. You're a millionaire. You know, you've got one of the cushiest jobs imaginable. And you, you're never going to have to work another day in your life. And you're good to go. Do you want the elite establishment to like you? Or do you really care that baseball over the over the next 10 years is going to continue to lose audience and is now a political weapon? A lot of people are going to choose, you know, door number one. A lot of people in that role are going to say what matters to me is as long as I get my bonus this year, or next year, as long as I finish out my contract, I'm rich. I'm connected. I want to be one of those people. I don't want to be somebody that's called a racist. I don't want to be somebody that's uh, viewed as not standing up against Jim Crow 2.0. So, of course, these places are run poorly. Of course, they're making these that the people in charge are making these decisions. We have this idea that the person running a company is somehow like the founder of it, who with their blood, sweat and tears, they pull this all together. They understand the industry. They love it. No. A lot of times it's just another corporate hack bureaucrat that gets brought in from some other company who knows the right people. They get plopped atop this thing and they're making decisions. You know, not not everyone running, you know, Uber 
and and uh, you know Amazon and Apple and you, know, you go down the list of all these major companies, United Airlines and Delta Airlines and Coca Cola. They're not all genius founders. I mean, a few of them are the founders, maybe, but they're not all genius founders. They're not all the people that built these companies from the ground up with their own hands. They're just someone who's brought in to kind of run the machine that's already been built. And they're running the machine for their own benefit a lot of the time. They know they're, they're going to be there for a, a temporary uh, period anyway. So why not get the most out of it? You see what I'm saying? Th- that's why just thinking about what this means for baseball or what does this mean for professional sports? People make these decisions. They don't care. Not really. They're doing what's best for them right now. And, and that's why I, I think this is uh, this is getting this is just actually going to get worse. I don't believe it's going to get better. And, and then people keep pointing this out about about China and the hypocrisy. Play 10. Yesterday about the U.S. policy with regard to the Beijing Olympics next year. Uh, is it the U.S. policy now that American athletes will participate in those Olympics? And is the U.S. government going to encourage American spectators to travel to China to, to view those games? Well, these are the Winter Olympics of next winter, I should say. So some time away as it relates to the second part of your question. And certainly our hope is that we are at a point where enough people across the country and hopefully around the world have been vaccinated. But we will rely on health and medical experts on that particular piece. Our position on the 2022 Olympics has not changed. We have not discussed and are not discussing any joint boycott with allies and partners. We, of course, consult closely with allies and partners at all levels uh, to define our common concerns and establish a shared approach. But there's no discussion underway of a change in our plans regarding the Beijing Olympics from the United States point of view. You always know Saki's about to give you a crappy answer when she starts sounding like some weird, weird uh, robot, you know. We do not know what we're going to do, but we will. You know, you know that Saki's under pressure when that happens. Yeah, it's so important for companies to be woke, but not, I mean, at the expense of their bottom lines when it comes to access to the Chinese market. I mean, come on. And the Biden administration, they're not going to pick any fights with China. Far too many people that have tremendous influence at the very top of the Biden administration make a lot of money from the access to the Chinese market. And they don't feel virtuous bashing China because China's not a white male majority Republican Party controlled place, right? So China's not the enemy. Republicans are. 